Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for uh, being with us uh, for another week of Yolitics. And on this Christmas Day. Yeah. And well, you know, and Jason has made this big promise. Jason Whiteley made a big promise because Jason (laughs) Wheeler never makes promises. Uh, Whiteley made this big promise last time around that we had a Christmas gift uh, for you. you Gift is a strong word uh, because this is really just Yolitics trivia. And I'm not so sure that anybody is dying to tear the paper off of that one. This is not the gift. This is you like trying to to slam me on some trivia here. But let's go. Not at all. I'm I'm, I'm confident that you know these things. So as we come to the end of another year here, um, our crack producer, Michael McArdle, uh, has come up with some stats. Stats McArdle, we call him. (laughs) Uh, You know, he sent these over to us. And as soon as I saw him send it over to us, I, you know, kind of shoved that into a, okay, read later thing and then when I finally got around to it uh, this morning uh, I realized that I bet Whiteley never even looked at this or opened this, this or even put it into a read later file I didn't get this email so. you did you're on there you think uh, so? yeah oh yeah well, I, I checked um, so uh, you know we you know looking back at the, the the year and we're looking at you know what listenership was like and I'm always fascinated by where people listen okay um, obviously, the U.S. Uh, and Texas are the biggest right. you know, places where people listen. Uh, but, you know, I've got sort of the top, you know, 100 uh, countries here. I mean, there's a lot of countries where people listen to this. Uh, I, I guess we have a lot of expats from Texas. I guess, yeah. uh, Who are living all around the world. After the United States, Jason. Canada. England? I haven't even asked the question yet. England? You're this annoying person who <laughs> who buzzes in on Jeopardy and tries Yo. to start the question. Like to solve the puzzle, please? Yeah, like, no, not yet. Um, so, you know, which country after the U.S. has the most listens? And you've guessed Canada and yeah. England, right? Yeah. Totally wrong on both. Really? I'll give you one more guess. Germany. Ha! It is Germany. It is Germany? Yeah. Uh, really? I would have guessed, you know, like maybe Canada, Mexico, yeah. someplace that's, you know, a little closer. Mexico, for sure, because, you know, they're right there on the other side of our border. Uh, but no, Germany, and then Mexico, then United Kingdom. Then wait, wait, we, we have more listeners uh, across the pond than we do in south Mexico. of the border. Yeah. Uh, oh. At least this year, anyway. Uh, and then we had United Kingdom, Ireland. And then I'm going to close out the top ten here. Japan. What? Then finally, Canada comes in, your first choice. And then we've got Portugal, Uganda, followed by, and this is the most intriguing one here, unknown country, it says. Mm. I don't know how that Space works. aliens. I don't know. Is that like people using VPNs? And so, you know, whatever. They're off the grid, yeah, right? Maybe they're in China listening on a VPN and it just doesn't show up. But Uganda... So I could make a case for like Japan and Germany. Maybe you know they have military bases, right? And, and maybe there's some Texans uh, stationed there. Really appreciate you listening. Yeah. Uh, but Uganda, I don't know of a, a military installation there, or, or I guess there are some Texans there, or some Ugandans who are interested in Texas politics. Yeah. We'll, we'll raise a pint to you, huh? And then rounding out the top ten after unknown country Is? was Singapore. Another surprise. You know, what I'm uh, proposing in 2023 is that we just do a tour and visit these places. Since obviously we have listenership there, you know, let's open up the Yolitics checkbook and go. Well, we'll use your credit card again. We'll uh, gas (laughs) up the the corporate jet here and take off. Where do you want to go first? Uh, Well, I think we should go. I think we should go in reverse there and do Singapore first. I'm with you there. (laughs) I like that idea a lot. Uh, uh, You know, let's go to to number one. Heck, let's go to unknown country first. (laughs) I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, so one other piece of trivia for you before we dive into uh, the episode this week, and I know you love it when we say dive in, deep dive, you know, as many cliches as I can throw in there. 
Um, You're better than this, Jason. We had we had overall downloads in 2022, and we broke those down and looked at the top. You're gonna break episodes. it down for us? No, oh, God, gonna, no, I'm not gonna down. do all that. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna put us to you're sleep give with us a that. Deep dive into this? No, Go not breaking it, anything down. Uh, I'm, you know, so we looked at the very top episodes, and this one really wasn't close as far as the top episode goes. And I don't think either one of us was surprised by this. And this is why it's a Christmas present for you. This is money in your pocket. Did you ever have the aunt or a grandmother who would give you, you know, didn't know what to buy you, wasn't in touch with your generation. So they'd give you that card. You open up, there's like a crisp $10 bill in there. You had one of those, right? Yes. Well, I also had the grandma who would have you go through the, um, the catalog and circle what you wanted when they were paper catalogs. Sears or service merchandise? Which one? I think it was JC Penney. Ah, it may have been Sears. Really? Yeah. Did you have service merchandise here? I did not. I, uh, well, if we did, I didn't okay. circle anything in that catalog. Well, it's, it's the same thing. I had the coolest stuff. It's like, you know, long before the uh, um, uh, Brookstone, places like that, where you saw this coolest technology there back in the, back mm. in the 80s. Um, but this episode is a rewind here, but we're, we're bringing it back because it is money in your pocket. Yeah. More people downloaded this episode, as you just stated there, from places all around the world. Uh, because they want to find out ways to save money on their property taxes. We yeah. have an obscene property tax rate in this state. Yeah, and the, the title of it you know, grabbed people, I guess. It? This might be your best year to fight property taxes. Uh, and a lot of people did do that. There were huge numbers who, who protested their property taxes here in Texas this year. And, you know, there's, uh, it's no mystery as to why. They've shot through the roof because valuations on our properties have shot through the roof. Right. Uh, and these taxing uh, entities haven't, like, you know, drastically lowered their tax rate. And so you're paying uh, gobs more than you were just several years back. Uh, now, you know, the reason that we want to bring this back, A, it is the most listened to one of the year. B, guess what's about to happen again starting in January? Get ready, man. The process begins all over again of them assessing values, uh, and then you're going to get that, you know, estimate uh, in the mail again, that appraisal, and then you're going to have to figure out what to do all over again. So this is a good primer going into a new year because – you may need some of this information. Did you fight yours last year? I fought mine, but before we get to that, I'm sure there's some listeners saying, oh, yeah, that's not the only reason, though, Wheeler, that the property taxes are going through the roof. The state is spending less money on education. Yeah. And so you and I are making up for the state spending less money on that. I fight mine every year. Yeah. And I've... Um, it's a good policy. I've had mine lowered, and I've had mine lowered just a little bit. Yeah. And I'll take any reduction at all. How about you? Anything. Do you ever fight yours? I, I, every time. You, uh, you have so much money, you don't even need to worry about yeah, it, Yeah, right? well, but, you know, I do it just for the fun of it. Um, just but, for sport? Yeah. It's a social event for you, right? <laughs> it's a social event. Just because there's nothing like showing up and fighting with people over money, even if you don't need it. Uh, so, no, I, I, I fight it every year. Uh, and as you said, sometimes uh, with success and sometimes without. And this was a year without. Really? So, yeah. Uh, they stuck it to me. In fact, I think they added on to it. No, they don't. They can't do that. But uh, it, it, it didn't go anywhere. Do you, want but, me to do you want me to represent you? Oh, no, no, no. 2020. Should I represent you? I, I, it is I'll take time out of my schedule. And handle this case for you. It is a nightmare for me that you would represent me in any <laughs> way, in any capacity. I've had my lowered all the time, man. What are you talking Maybe about? Maybe I should have you do it then. Maybe we'll try something new in 2023 we'll uh, because it's, you know, it, it, it's a burden. It's a burden for a lot of people. And, you know, not to make light of it, I know that there's a lot of people who get this thing and they go, I don't, I really yeah. don't know how we're going to right. pay all of this, yeah. you know, especially if you're not in escrow. But before we start the new year, let's press play on this episode. <laughs> So we're going to hear from uh, Chandler Crouch. Chandler's a guy we call every year in April 
to find out how in the world do we protest this and pay less in property taxes. The appraisals come out, the property taxes are based off that, and they climb and tick up every year. Sometimes they skyrocket. Before we get into Chandler here, who's on the line with us, I, I, I want to give a, a quick refresher here. Property taxes uh, are, are, are all paid to local entities, your school district, your city, your county, uh, the, the local community college. If you have one of those, your county hospital gets a cut of it also. The biggest chunk in all that, the biggest slice of the pie go, goes to your school district, though. So the school mm-hmm. district is the one that you're writing the, essentially the biggest check to every year. Here In the past, Jason, it's, it's been a 50-50 split. This, the, local proper, or the local property taxes, your property owners, have paid half of the school bill, and the state government and feds have kicked in the other half. Well, over the last 15, 20 years, that's kind of changed where local property owners are paying the bigger share of education, and the state mm-hmm. is paying lesser of a share of education. That's the politics right. in all of this. But let's say you got one of these appraisals in, and you're like, are you kidding me? Come on. Uh, I'm not selling my house anytime soon, so I I appreciate you trying to uh, say my house is worth a heck of a lot more, but I don't want to pay a lot more in property taxes based on that. Chandler Crouch is a guy who lives this. He is a realtor. He is a property tax expert in Tarrant County and joins us every April for this podcast. So Chandler Crouch back with us again, although I I feel like I'm seeing triple here uh, because we're on Zoom with you, Chandler. And way back in the background, there are like little Chandlers. Is that, those are Chandler Crouch pillows? Chandler Crouch pillows. Yeah, there's a lot of Chandler around here. I got a bobblehead. So we'll, we got to make this little guy. How do you you, man? Yeah, you got merch now. Well, it's merch. People, people uh, like to send me gag gifts and that sort of thing for Christmas presents. And uh, they just stick around. There's a lot of, I'm on Chandler overload. (laughs) <laughs> that's great that's, that's pretty good hey we're gonna get into the process because people always want to know the process of what do they need to do when they get these the, the sticker shock here and their property appraisals um but but let's start off with the basics here i i got mine in the mail what last week 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 and a half ago mm-hmm. it, it, it's way up again chandler I, i'm gonna fight it but what do i need to give me an idea what i need to do to you know start that process man well in every county, it's a little bit different, but there is a, a, a similar structure no matter where you live. So the first thing that I would recommend is to uh, check the Central Appraisal District website for your county and see if there's an online portal that you can log into and, uh, and, and utilize. That's going to simplify your life a, a ton. And if you're in Tarrant County, uh, you can knock out this entire uh, problem that you're having in in maybe two minutes. They they have a, a special mm-hmm. little feature where you log in and you access their system and they'll present a, a few numbers and then they'll say, hey, what do you think your house is worth? And you just give them a number, click submit. And if you're in the ballpark that they're willing to consider, they'll accept the offer and then bam, your, your value is lowered in, in less than a minute. It, Tarrant County is the only county I know of that has that kind of system, but all the, a lot of the counties have uh, some kind of online portal where you can file your p- protest with a click of the button. You can send them evidence, and hmm. I can dive a little deeper into that process if you want, but that's where I would start. Yeah. Well, but 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 you need evidence, don't you? Don't, don't I need, uh, you know, how much other houses have sold for in the neighborhood? Or, uh, you know, in, in the past, I have successfully used the um, uh, uh, the inspection 
that was done in my house when I purchased the house uh, and some some you know deficiencies with the property uh, in the past. What, what all do I need to go in uh, armed with? Well, so this is where you have to evaluate what's worth it for you to do because this whole thing is a balance between the value of your time versus the the time it's going to take to learn the system and do the homework to make sure you're putting forth an effective argument and and that's the reason why i start with just go to the online portal and see if there's a quick and easy way to get it knocked out with now i will tell you uh i've got a technique that people can utilize here and well i'll, I'll explain it if, if time allows on how you can make this entire protest protest process quick and simple and and uh never have to leave your home or office um yeah time does allow time definitely allows Awesome. <laughs> Tell well, us. Well, so let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave that as a little bit of a cliffhanger. And what are we drinking here, guys? Is this? <laughs> is it? Is it too early for beer? It's, it's not. never too early. Did you There's bring no, a beer? I, yeah, what I do did you have, bring man? a beer. I, I don't want to make anybody jealous. It's uh, it's made out of a root. Is this gonna be a Chandler Crouch it's, beer? Is that it, what we're about? It's sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's, You're doing a root it's beer. It's not even true root beer. It's diet root beer. I don't know how much beer oh is God. left in this, but it's it's a uh, you know. Wow. Jeez. Come on, diet Chandler. What are you doing? Beer, Look, I wanted what are you to be doing cool with here? the Jasons. This is. We, yeah, we have well, a reputation know, to uphold here with a podcast. <laughs> Chandler can't have a beer right now because things are getting, I'm, I'm sure, a little True. busy for you these yeah. days. Yeah. Well, let me let me hop back into the. It's it's crazy busy <laughs> it's crazy. and. Um, and the reason why I'm so busy is because this this whole process of protesting is complicated. And in order mm -hmm. for me to be able to explain it, and and it, it just I've just gotta uh, you know be clear headed. So no beer, yeah, no beer. Yeah, totally right. So so you you left us with this cliffhanger yeah. of the simple way that uh, you can do this. How do you how do you do yeah, this? So I'll, I'll let me I'll, the simple way of how to do this. Uh, is coming okay so first you still have to prepare and you have to decide how much preparation do i want to invest in this process in assembling my evidence so that i can make an effective argument and this is really the the thing that is going to decide how effective your argument is it's, it's based on the quality of your evidence and so i'm going to break it down into two different camps before i get to the simple process where you can just knock it out the two different camps of or the two different um areas that you have to focus in on on your assembling your evidence is number one a defensive stance and then there's an offensive stance so on the defensive side um you need to ask the appraisal district for the evidence that they're going to use against you if you go through with a formal protest that's one of and the they have most to give effective you things you can do go ahead and they have to give you that um yes the appraisal district has to give that to the homeowner and most of the time if you, they have the online portal that evidence that they're going to use against you may just be sitting right there in their online portal it could be as easy as a click of a button uh if not you can file an open records request is the other opposite extreme uh one way or the other if you want the evidence then they have to cough it up uh, and then the cool thing is that they're actually not allowed to present any new evidence outside what they give you in that mm -hmm. in that uh whenever they give you that stuff up front that's and so you can take that evidence and look at the comparable sales which are just properties that have sold recently that they're using to justify that astronomically high number and uh you can drive around to those properties and take a look at them and see if you think that that house is uh an illegitimate comparison or to see if maybe that house actually proves that your house should be valued less i'll give you an example 
if they are using a house that's on a golf course or uh, is has a, a view of a creek or something and your house doesn't, it might be in the same subdivision, but their algorithm and their data, it didn't, it didn't alert them that that house actually shouldn't be used as a comparison. The house on the golf course probably sold it at a level much higher than yours if yours isn't at a golf on you know next to a golf course and so you can use that data and say hey look your data says that the house next to a golf course sold for you know six hundred thousand dollars mine's not next to a golf course so mine by definition has to be uh has to be valued at less and so and Chandler th this is, a, this and is exactly get... like me and Wheeler here too because Wheeler's on the golf course and <laughs> yeah, mine's down by the river the the, the double wide by the river here I wish I was ahead, just Wheeler. constantly down at the golf course I, I don't even message, play golf um, so um, I, I'm curious the that's a, a big contrast when somebody's on the golf course and somebody's you know uh, you know far from such a thing but you can really get you know down into the weeds with this too and go wait the house that you compared me to is on this really nice, uh, you know, quiet street, maybe with a cul-de-sac. It's got a lot of big trees. I'm on, you know, a, a busy, busy road. You know, it's not as treed. It's not a quiet street, et cetera. You can, you can really make that comparison. You can, but you have to keep in mind that the people that you're going to be presenting this evidence to, they're probably looking at thousands of protests and uh -huh. and so uh and, and you just imagine the types of property condition issues that they're seeing are just catastrophic they're seeing enormous mm. cracks in the wall they're seeing you know the house just falling apart and and like a house that has a um massive uh radio tower out behind it or a, mm. a really busy street those extreme examples they, they sound extreme but you would be shocked at how how common they actually are if you just know what to look for mm -hmm. and that's where it might actually pay to know the system a little bit more and have a little bit more of a a knowledge of how uh what 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 factors really affect value that the appraisal district or the appraisal review board might seem uh, might might view as a, a a credible piece of evidence and so um mm -hmm. you know this is what it if you, it, it, I'm going to go through a little bit more about how to assemble evidence and, and the effective evidence that you can assemble. But at the end of the day, the, the options I'm going to give you at the end is say there's the quick and easy option that I that I, I left as a click, cliffhanger, where after you get done assembling your your evidence, you can just fill out one form, mail it in, and be done. Or um, you could hire a professional to do, to do all this for you. You know, and, and it all just depends on what your time is worth and how much of a discount you think that you could achieve. You know, a professional that does this for a living, they're not going to want to help you if you're only going to get $1,000 off on the value of your property. There's not enough money money in it. And most of the tax professionals, tax uh, consultants that I've met, they wouldn't want to take your money if they didn't think that they could do, you know, if they didn't think your house was truly overvalued because, you know, that's not good business for them. And, and they're most of these guys are truly out to help folks. And so they would probably send them over to the guy that's going to do it for free or something like that. Uh, so let's get offensive here. You talked about defense. What do you do when you go on offense with these? Offense is in looking at your own comparable sales. Try and find sales recently by talking with a realtor or just by scouring Zillow to find houses that have sold recently that compare to yours that you think are maybe even more comparable than the houses that the appraisal district is using and analyze mm -hmm. those and make a case on why you think those houses are more comparable than the appraisal district's houses. Uh, that's mm -hmm. one thing. And, and I'll give you a little tip. If you ask a realtor for some evidence to, if you ask a realtor to pull some comps for you, um, 
tell them that uh, something that most realtors don't know is tell them that they can go all the way back to January 1st of 2021 through March 31st of 2022. They can use, utilize that entire range to pull comparable sales from. And I, I haven't seen a, an appraisal district that has much pushback at all uh, on, on the timeline there. They, if, if it's in that window, they generally see it as valid evidence. That's a good point, too. And, and I want to ask you a little bit about comps, comparable sales, um, because this has been a weird time in, in, in a lot of real estate markets in Texas because it's just been so hot uh, in these markets. And, and in a lot of them, uh, we've seen so few houses for sale. People don't want to put their house up for sale because they think, where do I go once I sell it because things are so expensive? So, you know, maybe in a neighborhood where you're living, there are fewer comps than there have been in years past. There's fewer comparable sales because you haven't, there haven't been a lot of homes sold. Does that complicate this process? Does it, does it help? You know, I, I've, I haven't seen that as much. Uh, it, 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 there are a lot of people that aren't putting their house on the market, but if you look at the number of closed sales, there's still a ton of closed sales. In fact, more than we've ever had before. So uh, it, it, it just, the disparity between buyers and sellers is larger than we've ever seen before. So there are way more buyers than there are sellers and that's creating a lot of problems. That's creating a, a supply demand issue where that's, you know, where the supply is so small, the demand is so high, it's forcing prices up. So uh, it does make it difficult for, for people to find those lower comparable sales to use as evidence to get their value down. Um, but you know, there, they're out there, especially if you can reach back to January, February of 2021, there are sales out there that, that you can find that do justify a lower value in most cases. But you're right. I mean, when when there are limited sales, it makes it very difficult to, to uh, present a, a good argument. But if it's difficult for the homeowner, it's also difficult for the appraisal district and it's a subjective mm -hmm. process. So um, you know, if it's a difficult for you, then even more reason to take the little extra effort to assemble some kind of argument. And the burden of proof is on the appraisal district. There, there, I, I remember last year, um, I did a protest. I did several protests like this where I looked at the appraisal district's evidence. I was like, this is trash. This is horrible. I can't believe that they tried <laughs> to increase the value based off of this evidence. And then I went to try and find good, good evidence and I couldn't find good evidence either. And so I just went into the appraisal district without any evidence at all. And I held up their comps and I said, explain to me how you can justify an increase based on these comps. And whenever mm -hmm. I presented the argument in that way, the, the burden of proof is supposed to be on the appraisal district. The three person panel said, you know what, Chandler, you've got a great point and we got like a hundred thousand dollar reduction. I mean, just wow. so, you're a rock star. Man. Well, there, there are, <laughs> It was the data. I just had to put put the yeah. argument together and say, "Hey, look, it's it's not there to support this increase. Uh, justify your position." And they, when they couldn't, then the obvious answer was, "Well, the value shouldn't go up." So, so so uh, Chandler Wheeler and I have both protested before, and, and we're getting way down in the weeds pretty fast here. But for folks who are getting sticker shock and who have never protested this before, you mentioned uh, a portal. Tarrant County has a pretty good portal. It sounds like they're in Fort Worth. Uh, but uh, for people who want to protest, they should look on their uh, on their uh, property appraisal sheet that came out, and it gives you an idea how to protest. What's important on here, though, I think that people might not get, and, and I, I missed this a few years ago, you have uh, three or four weeks to actually file a protest. Mm -hmm. If you don't file a protest, then that value is locked in. Here, here's my question. 
Harris County is up 15%. Collin County, north of Dallas, is up, what, uh, I think 30% or so. Travis County up 50%. Wow. Uh, Bear County, 25%. This is the largest increase for a lot of these counties in recent memory, according to folks who live there. How does this year, though, compare to the, the last few? Because every year, it seems like we're having this conversation. We call you every April, man. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a hot topic. Well, how does this year compare? I mean, the, the, those numbers that you're citing are just much bigger than, than we've seen in past years. It's just, it's just off the charts. The amount of appreciation that we've seen, the values of just, it's just, it's just much higher than any other year. So that's the only difference, but it's a pretty big difference. It's, I mean, it's crippling. Your well, educated it, guess here, Chandler, do you think that we'll see, because of what Jason's talking about there, do you think that we're going to see a record number of protests in Texas this year? I bet we do. I, I do. I, I think I think that uh, when values go up that high, there's nothing, there's very little the appraisal district can do to take the edge off of that. People are, uh, you know, people are calling into my office every single day just needing answers and they need some kind of help. So they're going to, People are going to follow protests. Most people don't take the time to listen to a podcast like this to get educated on what's going on. They're not reaching out for help. They're just upset and know that they need help. And right. so they know that they need to file a protest and, um, and they just want to give somebody a piece of their mind because it's, it, it, they, we need to, you know, it's, <laughs> Hey, following, following on to that, if there is this huge wave of protests more than they've seen in the past at these different uh, appraisal districts, does that help me or does that hurt me if I decide to protest mine? Because they have to dispose of these in a timely manner in a certain amount of time here. Does it help me to be able to make a quick deal with them? Or do you think they might start standing firm with some people because they've got so many cases to get through? Only time is is to tell, but I think it helps you. Uh, it, one is just so that they can get to their deadline. They've got a, I think it's a July 25th deadline where they have to certify all these values. They have to certify like 95% of the value for that county by that deadline. And so they're going to do what it takes to reach a resolution and move on and so that they can reach that deadline. But uh, the other reason why it helps is if your neighbors are all getting their values reduced um, and you walk into the appraisal district and say, hey, look, um, not only is my house overvalued, but all my neighbors are, um, here's the, here's the evidence, then, uh, that's additional evidence that you can use. Um, you know, whether it's effective or not, just kind of depends on the, the person on the other hand, in that's hearing that, but that's definitely a valid point that I, I would mention. So I think, I think it's helpful on multiple fronts. And the people on the other end listening to this, the appraisal review boards are what, uh, three to four people, I believe my recollection is when I've done it in person. Um, and and t tell us who these people are, because these people are essentially your allies, aren't they, Chandler? Well, they should be. Um, it just <laughs> kind of depends. <clears throat> the appraisal review board is kind of like the jury. And when you go into a formal protest, you're you're almost like the defendant. And, and the appraisal district has a representative in there that's almost like the prosecution. And so, uh, and you're guilty until proven innocent. And so you've got to go in there and basically prove your innocence and say, hey, look, the value is too high. And you, you have to take your evidence and contrast that against the appraisal district's evidence and then win over that three-person panel, which is kind of like the jury. Um, and, and now this year, there are some laws that have changed where you can actually request a one-person panel and uh, you can request an informal conversation before the hearing starts. I think both of those are 
good things to explore. I don't know if it will work in your favor or not. I guess you have to be the judge. I'm going to experiment with some of that stuff this year, but um, that's, that's the environment. So to come back to the question of, are they your ally or not? Honestly, it depends on how you treat them. You have to put yourself in their shoes. These are just just citizens that have decided that they're willing to right. apply for a seasonal exactly. position that where they're going to get paid something like 200 bucks a day to sit there and hear case after case after case after case. And you just have to put yourself in their shoes. They're sitting there uh, hearing a sound argument, right or wrong, a sound argument from the appraisal district based on fact, right or wrong. And then they're dealing with emotional homeowners that are coming in just mad and want to give somebody a piece of their mind. And a lot of homeowners will walk in and talk about the injustice in the system and how broken everything is and how much of a financial bind this has put themselves in. And sometimes the three-person panel will have a, a gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching situation where they will, so I've, I've even heard of them crying before in the panel because their heart goes out to them. But if they don't have the data to right. lower the value, then they're stuck with what the appraisal district says. So they're just getting worn out by this and, and getting yelled at all day. So you want to treat them like they're an ally. You want to treat them like they're they're a reasonable person that can understand a reasonable argument, and you just articulate it in that way and treat them with respect. And uh, if you give them the data they need, then they can be your ally, and they'll they'll they in so many cases they will reduce the value. And and the point, yeah, I think the the point also is what you just touched on there is they're they're not employees of the appraisal district. These are these are citizens. Bless you, uh, putting your your mic on mute there. Um, at the end of the day, though, a lot of this stuff sounds very intimidating, having to reach out to a realtor you may or may not know, a realtor you use when you bought your house and say, hey, can you help me out with some comps here? Do I pay you for this stuff? How often, though, are people actually successful in getting their uh, appraisals reduced? A, a huge percentage of the time, especially this year. I think that the the odds that, in fact, that there was a, a news article that I was in where I I, I said it wrong, and then immediately I said something different. It didn't make the edit, but I think that your odds of uh, winning this year are higher than ever before, just because they're trying to churn through the numbers. They want to make you happy and get and get you out of their office so they can go to the next person. Um, and in any year, I, my the way the system is set up, I believe about fifty percent of houses are overvalued. If you just look at it, and they if they're just if they're just um, valuing houses based on an average of a certain area, then by definition, if it, there's an average point that's about the middle ground and about half are overvalued and half are undervalued. Uh, and wow. so when you look at it that way, it's like, well, you, you owe it to you and your, your, your family to go on there and protest. And there's so many misconceptions that people have about, about why they think that they shouldn't protest, why it might hurt them. But I, I have yet to put my finger on one reason why it would actually hurt you to protest. There's just there's just no reason in the world not to do it, and you have everything to gain. So, Well, that's big when you say 50% of houses may be overvalued in this. So it, 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 it does pay to, to, to protest this. You said something earlier that stuck out to me, and I've never thought of that before. If your neighbor goes in and gets a significant reduction in theirs— that could help you to be able to go, hey, this guy lives right next to me and you reduced his way down. So that shows that you made a mistake with his, which means, you know, I'm right next door. So obviously I should be close to what his is. I never thought about that before. So it does pay to kind of know your neighbors a little bit and, and, and talk with them if they're if they're doing that. Absolutely. And one of the best ways to do that is just to utilize a uh, neighborhood Facebook group or nextdoor.com. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I mean, knocking on the neighbor's door the old-fashioned way is probably the best way to do it, but uh, just post something and say, hey, I, I'd love to hear if anybody's successful at the appraisal district getting their value lowered, and maybe if we could all work together and share information, it might have a mm. positive effect. Now, I'll just say this. I've used that kind of angle to, with success and with not success in the past. So sometimes mm. it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, it, hey, it's worth it. It's worth it to sure, try. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, I, I want to ask you about um, something uh, that can really help you out as far as the valuation on your home each year and certainly with your property taxes, and that is the homestead exemption. Um, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are new uh, to Texas. A lot of them have moved here just in this last year. Maybe they don't know about the homestead exemption. This is a tremendous way to limit what you owe in property taxes. And yet a real interesting thing, Chandler, I was talking with the Dallas Central Appraisal District, getting some numbers for a separate piece that I was doing. And I just asked them like, hey, how many um, homes are under homestead? And they said it's uh, only about half of the 600,000 plus properties uh, that have uh, homestead exemptions. And that just floored me. Now, I know that, uh, you know, a lot of those may be rental homes or, you know, investor owned homes where they're not actually living in the home. But I think there's, you know, I've talked with a couple of, of realtors and, and it sounds like there's quite a few people out there who may be leaving a lot of money on the table by not having a homestead exemption. And it sounds like it's quite a few people. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of investors that have bought a property and now they're renting that property out. And so none of those properties have homestead exemption. And the people paying the price for the property taxes going up in those circumstances are usually the tenants because the landlord is just going to pass that cost on to the tenant. And so if you're a tenant listening to this, you have every reason in the world to be interested in what's going on with property taxes. You should urge your landlord to protest. Uh, and if you're in Tarrant County, just send them to me, I'll help. But um, if, <laughs> you know, if, if you have, if you're living in a house as your primary residence, then uh, you definitely need to check and make sure that your homestead exemption is in place. Most people don't know that if you, um, have a change in your marital status or you change your mailing address or um, if you put your house into let's say a trust because you're doing some uh, estate planning stuff kind of just planning ahead then those are all events that could give the appraisal district reason to cancel your homestead exemption and unfortunately uh, a lot of people don't get the don't see the notification that that's been canceled especially th imagine this if if you if the appraisal district sends you some mail and that mail was returned to the appraisal district because the post office said, I'm sorry, that's not a good mailbox anymore. Well, then how is the appraisal district supposed to send you the notice that they're going to revoke the homestead exemption due mm. to the fact that the mailing address is wrong? You know, that that happens. And, um, you know, so you you definitely owe it to you, yourself and your family. Make sure your exemptions are in place. That is the saving grace for most people in this kind of environment. And it says it right there on your appraisal, too. So if you're not sure if you have a homestead exemption, it's going to say it on your appraisal. Look for the word homestead in there somewhere. If you don't see the word homestead, uh, you need to get busy with a homestead uh, exemption application. You can do it uh, all the way up till uh, April 30th, isn't yep, it? That's exactly uh, right. Chandler? Yep. And if so you can go back and get that done. And, and then the law changed this year, too, where you can do this if you're a newer homeowner. It used to be that you had to wait at least one January 1st in the home 
to be able to do this, but you don't have to do that anymore. So newer homeowners can get a break here too. That's exactly right. As soon as you buy a house, file that homestead exemption, make sure it's in place. I've got a tutorial if you don't mind me sharing. I, it's free. Please. Okay, yeah. If you go to chandlercrouch.com slash homestead, then uh, I've put a pretty good tutorial on there that just walks through the form. Um, and and because the form is a little bit complicated. And so you, people can go there and just check it out. I'm not looking to sell anything. It's just knew, a free tutorial. I knew you would have some kind of visual aid for something <laughs> like this. Uh, say that one more time. Chandlercrouch.com slash homestead, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and you always have a lot of good videos, too, where, where you walk folks through that, Chandler. So that, that, that's very useful to our listeners uh, go check out his website because he has a lot of good stuff on there. But speaking of Homestead, uh, you know, Texas is famously a non-voting state. But May 7th, there are two statewide propositions on the uh, on the ballot that are important to property taxes. Proposition one and Proposition two. Ten cent version of each of these. Prop one is essentially for folks who are over 65 or disabled um, it would extend the property tax relief from school districts. Again, school districts are, are more than half of your property tax bill. Prop two, though, I think affects the rest of us. And Prop two would increase, if passed, increase the homestead exemption on school district property taxes from $25,000 up to $40,000. And on average, that would cut about $175 off of uh, most people's tax bills. There is no organized opposition to this. But still, it's probably important to go out and physically vote for this in order to get a few bucks knocked off your uh, your bill each year. Absolutely. And the shocking thing, Jason, is I have it's rare to find opposition to bills that are designed to improve the property tax situation for homeowners. And so uh, I don't want to derail us too much, but it just makes me wonder, why are we still in this situation? Why can't we get any meaningful reform passed? I've got some insight to that because I helped get a couple property tax bills passed. But um, to your point, yes, absolutely. Go out and vote for these bills. We need to vote. And you know what? Maybe if the turnout is substantial enough and lopsided enough, maybe that's an additional message that we can send to the legislature to do something more because we need more help. The system is broken. Yeah. What, what's your insight? You. What, what's your insight to this, though? You said you've worked on this in the past. What, what is your insight? What's going on in Austin? Why can't they get this thing figured out? Well, so okay, last year I protested for twenty thousand. It was twenty two thousand people. That's how many I protested for? And wow. uh, you can imagine doing that many protests. How many conversations I have? Just becoming aware of all the unique situations that folks are in and, and all the problems yeah. with the system. It's uh, when you have that many people hurting and reaching out for help, uh, you just can't help but be moved and want to try and solve the problem permanently. I'm happy to help you right now and right here, but I wanna solve this. So um, I worked with state representative, Matt Krause. He, he reached out and said, hey, look, you know more than anybody else in Tarrant County about this, what's wrong with it? I gave what's wrong with the system. How can we improve and fix this permanently? I gave him about 10 different ideas. And he said, hey, here's three ideas that I think would be kind of the hinge that swings the door. Let's focus on these. And he just he said, look, talk with my my legislative staff. Let's work with them and, and write this bill. I'll give it my blessing. And, and as long as everything looks good, I'm going to support whatever whatever we have to do in order to uh, improve the system. And so uh, we've uh, drafted several bills, ended up getting two bills passed that definitely help improve the system. But uh, in the course of that, I went down to Austin to testify a few times. Um, I've sat as just somebody, a spectator, watching a hearing take place where there was a literal debate about should we 
have a debate about how to reform property taxes. There was a debate about, should we have a debate to do this? <laughs> and the amount of conflict in that discussion about why we should talk about it or shouldn't was, was absolutely mesmerizing. It's, I, I, I have a hard time even thinking about it. It's just gives me, it gave me a hint as to why we haven't seen any form, any change. It's just that it's, it's just crazy. The amount of apathy and the amount that a lot of these legislatures are out of tough, out of touch with the real struggles that people are having today is just mind numbing. And I, I have struggled coming up with the words and not using obscenities doing it, but it's, it's really frustrating. There's so many people hurting. We have to change things and I want to help. So anyway. It is amazing that that debate is still happening. You know that these lawmakers have to be hearing from their constituents. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, you know, this is a, a tax. It, it is the biggest tax that is collected in the state of Texas, property taxes. I think the problem, the disconnect is, though, is that the state says, hey, that's a local thing. Uh, they levy that tax and they collect that tax at the local level. We didn't do it. But when you get down to it, what's happening at the state requires those local entities to collect those taxes. They, they pass laws that locally have to be enforced and that costs money. That's right. And most people don't understand that the, when you pay your tax bill, it's your local school district, your city and your County and hospital. A lot of people forget about that hospital and the community college. I'm, I'm, I don't, focused on the community college quite as much as the hospital because there's no senior citizen cap on the hospital. But you've got all these different entities that are the ones that receive that money when you pay your bill. And so we would not have rising property taxes if those guys weren't spending so much money. And so it's this election that's coming up. You've got the, the May 4th election. you got the two different propositions, but it's the people running for city council and board of trustees at the school districts that need to hear from us to say, we need to make a very clear message that we care about property taxes. And when you spend money, our taxes go up. Now, I've got to say, <clears throat> a lot of the politicians understand that dynamic. They understand the overall budgets, how they go up and that increases property taxes. But the thing that they're out of touch on is how when my property value goes up, that means that I pay a larger portion of those property taxes. And we have yet to see any meaningful relief on the individual level that as it relates to property values going up. And it's just, it's maddening. It's like, you know, get the right people elected locally, but legislators, we, we need to quit doing these fixes that are going to result in $170 for a select few people. We need to, we need to make a meaningful change that's going to, um, to, to improve this situation permanently for everybody. You're speaking my language, Chandler. <laughs> Last question for you, man. Uh, you've been doing this for a couple of minutes. Is, uh, is Texas becoming unaffordable now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, the worst place you can be right now is without a house. If you own a house, you're, uh, uh, what's it called? A rising tide raises all ships or so. There's an expression like that. Mm -hmm. Get in the water. And, and so that as your property value goes up, your net worth goes up. And it's unfortunate that your property taxes go up, but at least if you sell, you're going to have more money. And so it's like, it, but yes, for, for somebody that doesn't have a house, a brand new homeowner, somebody looking to become a first time home buyer, what options are they going to have? You you can no longer buy an eighty four thousand dollars house like I did back in two thousand six. You know now mm -hmm. the what used to be a hundred thousand dollars house is now a, a three hundred thousand dollars house, and so yeah. you, you have to buy and plan on having some roommates or just 
the 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 point at which you're going to enter the the housing market is going to be later and later in life so you're going to have people living with mom and dad a little bit longer and you know stuff like that uh but yeah it's it's becoming unaffordable and 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 there are we don't have a lot of great answers for this yeah the landscape is really tough uh, for people who are looking for a home right now you bought yours for 84,000 way back when i did it was a foreclosure Jeez. so i got a little bit better deal but it was worth about 110,000 or so when i bought it it needed to be Man. fixed up but yeah it's it, it almost seems like a, a time and a land far away that it's hard to even imagine now um but it, it is it makes you sound like a really old <laughs> man uh but you're not that's the thing Ooh, well don't don't you wish you had bought like five of them at that oh price? man I, I was helping clients buy them right and left um uh, but you know Jeez. these property taxes will make anybody age so give me come back to me in five <laughs> years if i'm still alive be good but hey yeah, i promised all... that there would be a quick and easy route that people can oh, yes. take let me come what back to it, that man? before i Get yeah, those. I love how you I like I like how you embed teases <laughs> in the podcast and keep people tuned all the way to the end here. Yes, please tell us the quick and easy. Okay, if you Google property owner affidavit of evidence, I know it's a mouthful, or, or let's just Google affidavit of evidence, property taxes, Texas, then you're going to stumble across a form that the uh, the comptroller puts out, and this is one form where if you fill this thing out and you get it notarized, which almost any bank has a free notary that you can utilize, but you just fill the form out and you uh, print out your evidence. You can mail this in and this document will sit in your place at the hearing so that you don't have to go. Um, huh. Now this is, it's going to be less effective than showing up and presenting this stuff in person. But if you're trying to weigh how much time is it worth for me to invest in this process and you're finding that it's probably not worth a lot of your time. If you go out and hire a property tax consultant, or if you're in Tarrant County, just come see me, I'll do it for free. Or fill out this form, you can send this in, it doesn't cost anything, and you can have that formal hearing and make sure that you're getting a fair shake, or at least, um, I don't know, at least keep them busy and, and, and make sure that somebody's putting eyeballs on your property so that you, you're not leaving too much meat on the bone. Huh, that's brilliant. Okay, so you can actually have something sit in your place there. And, and again, as you've mentioned several times, uh, for folks who are in Tarrant County, if they you know are, are intimidated by this whole process and they would like to at least see if maybe they have a case to make, they can start with you and do it for free. It's uh, all you have to do for that is go to freetaxprotest.com. Freetaxprotest.com. Is that you got right? it? That's absolutely right. And go ahead. And I was just going to also say you can also get real smart on all of this stuff if you're, you know, kind of doing it yourself or if you're just weighing things. Uh, Chandler's got a gazillion videos. Uh, his, you can go to Chandler. Just look up Chandler Crouch Tax Protest University uh, on Google, and it'll take you to this whole page of, of videos where you'll be smarter than you ever dreamed you'd be about uh property tax appraisals and, and, and protests. That's absolutely right. And as if, as if you didn't have enough stuff to write down and do homework on already, I just want to say that, that what you just said, that's really the mother load of all sorts of information. If you want to become a master of the property tax system, that gives you a pretty good A to Z overview of the whole thing. But if you just want a simple how-to video on how to protest your property taxes, you go to freetaxprotest.com slash videos and the video in the top left corner tells you how to do all of this stuff from beginning to end, uh, one step at a time. And, and by, by all means, I think if you're willing to put the time and effort into it, you should do it on your own. Uh, but if you're not going to do it on your own, utilize one of these other avenues. 
And one last thing, uh, where do people go on the website there for the merch? Where, the where merch? do we find oh, that? Man, the I should, and the I should get the merch flowing. I, you know, I I don't have enough time to make merch, you know, but maybe someday everybody can have their very own Chandler bobblehead. <laughs> Chandler, get back to work, man. Thanks so much for always taking hey, our call. Thank you guys for covering this. The we, we need to we need to get the, the word out and y'all are doing your part. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So for our uh, astute listeners who have, uh, you know, might know this episode backwards and forwards because they wanted to have a playbook on how to exactly do this. They listened to it three times originally. You, yeah. Right. You might remember that Wheeler had a mustache in that episode and we had Beto O'Rourke. Not on just that a episode. mustache. I had a rockin' beard, actually. Did it you really? It was phenomenal. You should keep it, man. Yeah, not Don't everybody feels pressured. that way. Don't be peer pressured by your bosses into getting rid of that. Well, hopefully the boss is listening. It was beautiful and wonderful. Stand up for yourself, and, Wheeler. You know, we need to allow it to come back, but we have to give it like six or seven weeks. Okay. To, to grow out fully, yes. Uh, so yeah, we had Beto O'Rourke, uh, the Democratic candidate for governor, on right. with us in this episode, basically talking about what his plans were to try to, you know, reduce people's property tax burdens right. here in this state. He didn't uh, get elected. His right. plan's not going to happen. Right. So we chopped that part off just because it's not going to happen. But what is going to happen? Right. Uh, because we've been hearing lawmakers talk about this. We've heard the governor talk about this before the election that this was going to be a big priority in this upcoming legislative session to figure out how to give you, the taxpayer, relief on property taxes. We've heard that in years past. We have seen some things done in yeah. years past. I don't know that it came anywhere near the level that a lot of property owners were hoping for, though. Well, there is one other thing that Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick has proposed also, and that is raising the homestead exemption, how much you can deduct from your property taxes. Right. Two years, four years ago, it was $25,000. Yeah. Two years ago, they raised it to $40,000 you can deduct, and now he's proposing raising it to $60,000. I think that would that probably be an, a, a, an easy layup uh, for lawmakers this time. They have to, they have to pay for it, and they have right. $27 billion in surplus to There's pay money in the for bank. some of that. Yeah. So that's the good news. But what will we actually see any meaningful property tax relief? That's right. a big question. And if you don't, you can always take Chandler's advice and go fight it. I hope you do a better job than Wheeler did, though. Yeah. Uh, because Wheeler's clearly not paying it. Maybe you need to rewind this episode and listen to it again. <laughs> yeah, this is one that? of the this is one of the few ways that I need to be more like you. Uh, because apparently, you you know the secret sauce to getting there, this done. There's always next year, Wheeler. There's always <laughs> next when you year. represent me uh, again. I, I will. I will. <laughs> Everybody, good luck with the uh, the property tax situation as we go into 2023. You know it's going to be another year of it. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening once again. Subscribe, please. Hit that button and let us know what you think. Give us feedback. You know, especially if you've got any criticisms of Whiteley. Merry <laughs> and Merry Christmas. Hope you had a uh, great holiday. Okay, y'all, the conversation doesn't stop here. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Yolitics. Like a post, leave a comment, or let us know the next beer that Jason should try.